everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. That is the post-race podcast here on The Athletic. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. And we just watched the third virtual um, pro series, invitational, pro invitational series race, whatever it's called, uh, from virtual Bristol <laughs> Motor Speedway. And uh, this one was kind of a dumpster fire a little bit. Uh, first couple weeks was fun, enjoyable. We had some good stuff to talk about. Uh, we have, may have some good stuff to talk about today, but the racing itself, um, not not necessarily what you want to see. Quite, quite a uh, caution fest, I would say there, Jordan. Way too many cautions. Uh, I thought the racing was good when we had long sweet. We had like one mini stretch there of green flag racing, and it was good. Um, it, just too many cautions. You never got the no, drivers never got no rhythm, and they, and the guys really didn't need to show what you know they could do over a long run with tire wear and tire management and, and different strategies. Um, I'm kind of wondering if I understand why they have that some of the drivers in this field that they do because this is an invitational thing and you want the name recognition and everything. But I'm starting to wonder if having guys who are big names who don't have some of this experience who kind of are causing a lot of cautions repeatedly um, is worth continuing because it is messing up the flow of the race and it's not creating a product, which I, I don't think today was a great example of what this can be. I think it can be great. I think last night's race was pretty entertaining um, that they did. But today, it just it was it was just too many cautions. Yeah. Well, the problem is, you know, when you go to a homestead or a Texas um, on iRacing, and the people don't have the experience, yeah, they might cause some incidents, as Jimmy Johnson did the first week. Um, but for the most part, I think that you know you can sort of get out of the way. Where at Bristol, there's really nowhere to escape. You know, you're you're pretty no, much no. in the way one way or the other. And so, you know, you see a guy like a Brad Kozlowski spin out, sitting in the middle of the track, and, you know, one of the top top running drivers at the moment, Chris Buescher, smashes into him. Or you see guys um, destroying half the field, um, you know, because they were on the inside and came up a little bit more than they anticipated or something. And, and, you know, you could argue that that's not dissimilar from real-life Bristol, too, but this was so excessive with the cautions. Um, like you said, the wide variety of experience levels out there sort of reminds you of um, like real life Arca in some past years where you've had like, remember Milka Duno and she was just so far off the pace. <laughs> yeah. yeah you have, she was even worse than IndyCar. Yes. And you have some sort of, um, you have some Milka Dunos out there. Let's just say like, I mean, even, you know, poor, poor Joey Logano, for instance, I mean, he's having so much trouble getting up to speed or um, Jimmy Johnson and all the Jimmy Johnson, you know, um, he, he, he made some mistakes today because of his virtual spotter, but he's he's been better. But it's still, you know, compared to William Byron or Landon Castle or Timmy Hill or Garrett Smithley, these guys are so far behind experience-wise, and it's just tough to, uh, you know, when you put them all on a, a short track like that, I think it's it's a tough product to see, you know? It's And it's unfair for some of these guys, too. I mean, some of these guys have a lot of commitments. They've got kids. They, they, this, is, this is a completely foreign concept to them. And I don't expect these guys to all of a sudden be world beaters and you know start winning these races and contending. But it just it just to see some of the things we see kind of over and over again, it's a little frustrating. Like, come on, really? But, but you know, it's unfortunate because I think this is, there's a lot of momentum behind this and I think it has an opportunity to really do something. And I was excited for Bristol. I thought this was going to be a fun, it was kind of what I thought it was going to be, which was going to be a physical race. We said a lot of guys beating and banging, 
But I also thought we were going to see a little bit longer stretches of green flag racing today, and I, I would have liked to have seen that because I think it would have been interesting to see these guys manage their tires. You know, that was something that William Byron talked about. It was like, this is a really key, important thing, and you just didn't have that today because you just didn't have the long green flag runs. It just took a, a, a large element out of play. Well, I think, you know, the racing at Bristol has been so good in the last few years because they've had um, the sticky stuff on the track, right? And they've been able to put that down the VHT, PH1, PJ1, sorry, and uh, balance it out and and make two grooves. Well, you know, we had uh, Ryan Truex um, on the virtual tweet up this morning, and he was talking about he, from from what he can tell, um, this is like the the scan, this track of Bristol was the scan of the pre-crown down uh, Bristol. So sort of the, the new Bristol when they had first done it uh, and before they had um, started to make any changes to it yet to help make a second groove. So um, that's kind of what you got, right? And that's kind of why they changed it in the first place. It, it was very much a, a one groove track at times and it was just, it was just hard for people uh, to manage. And, and I, I, you know, so I, overall, I'm willing to give it a pass though. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, this is the end of, for sure of I racing. And I, I think there's, there's more to look forward to in the coming weeks. Um, so I give this one a pass and I think, you know, there's, I, I can look past this based on the first couple that were so entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I still there were still things I liked about today's race. I mean, it's you know, and I and I think it was good. I thought the the finish in the second heat race was pretty entertaining, uh, which with John Hunter Nemechek and, and Ryan Priest. So no, there were, there was there was absolutely elements to take away from today and say this is this is good. This is what it should be. It's just I it it's a, I give it a passing grade. It just wasn't what I was hoping for. Yeah, well, and there are stuff to talk, to talk about from today because uh, yes, there are. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Bubba Wallace, first of all. Bubba Wallace, uh, I happened to be watching his stream on one of the multi-streams I was doing. Mm-hmm. So here. he wrecks with uh, wrecks with Boyer, and then he's like, you know, this is why I don't take this shit seriously, and says, peace out, and turns off, quits the game, rage quits, and uh, turns off his stream, and bye, done. And then uh, people start filling his mentions with, oh, you know, you're a whiner, oh, this is, you know, you're taking this too seriously, blah, blah. So then um, his, afterwards, his sponsor, he had gotten a sponsor for this race, Blue Emu, the same uh, pain relief sponsor that Landon Castle has been uh, plugging during his stuff. And uh, this sponsor, very upset, um, and fires Bubba right on Twitter there. Uh, It appears right after the race. Um, They said, we want uh, drivers, not quitters, and they put a Donald Trump, uh, the Apprentice, GIF, and of him saying you're fired, and said bye bye, Bubba. So wow, some real life consequences here, and uh, kind of made me uncomfortable, honestly, to uh, see that exchange there. Yeah, not. Uh, I'm not a PR expert by any means, but you don't. I don't think you should do that if you're a company. If you've got issues handled behind the scenes, um, if, if you're not happy with Bubba's behavior, then address it. But to do it in that manner is probably not the best representation of your company. Um, I, I was kind of taken back by Bubba Wallace's quitting in the game. I was I was watching it the same feed you were, and I saw him do it. I'm like, did he did he really just quit? I'm like, okay, and you know, I guess frustrating day. It wasn't your day. You just move on. But interesting, and I'm curious. There might be some real world. Um, complications with this because from my understanding was that 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 company was talking to Richard Petty Motorsports about maybe doing some sponsorship with them and I'm questioning if that's going to happen now and Richard Petty Motorsports is a team that absolutely needs some sponsorship they have a lot of holes um 
And when they return to racing, there, there's there's some questions about what they're going to do in, in, for sponsorship. So th- this is the fallout for this is, is could be very interesting. Well, and so that that gets into a conversation that I like to bring up, and and I I need to start thinking about this because I really want to explore this in my top five column yet that I haven't started writing. But um, you know, the first week this was all fun and games, right? That we hadn't seen any TV ratings yet. We didn't have a, a lineup. You know, it was just iRacing scrambling together to put this to get some guys to put this on. Um, you know, it was just it was just fun and it was so refreshing and, and enjoyable. Well, then the next week you have guys saying, well, wait a minute, I want to be in this. How come I'm, I'm not in this? You know, Joey Gase and uh, J.J. Yaley saying we should have guaranteed spots and stuff like that. Um, you know, you see the ratings. You're trying to get more people in it. Now, this week, um, you had to have a whole separate Xfinity and Trucks race because there were so many of the um, lower tier guys trying to race their way in. You still didn't have all the cup guys guaranteed in. Um, now you have a situation where, you know, we've talked about the real world sponsorship implications. You have Daniel Suarez and, uh, has been, you know, uh, suspended, I guess, or, or eliminated, parked for the race two weeks in a row. Uh, Kyle Larson gets parked for retaliating, uh, today on, on Suarez. So, you know, you're having all these people complaining and, and now, now you see the money, uh, from the TV ratings is, is a possibility. So people are adding stuff. So where is the line? between the fun enjoyable entertainment this is just silly let's just laugh and this is a distraction and hey we want to get our sponsor on we want to you know this is a real world thing this is serious what's the line here jordan i don't think there is a line because i thought from week one and we kind of talked about it in in, in, on the podcast this is fun and games but these some of these guys are very serious about it they take it incredibly serious they put a lot of time they invest a lot of money into this and when you look at the fact that there's no other professional sports going on right now and esports are kind of becoming the thing and NASCAR is at the forefront of, of having its esports program on national television and it, there is no other sport that is more sponsor-centric than NASCAR, it, it was quickly realized that, wait a second here, this is a way for sponsors to get some value at a time when NASCAR is not competing. And if you're a driver and you want to get your, your sponsor some airtime, you need to be in these esport races. And I've heard reports that there's been some drivers that have been feeling pressure from their sponsors that um, because they're performing well. And there, there's a lot of questions about what's going on and why, you know, why is my driver not doing better? And what can we do to make him better? So I don't think this is fun and games. I, I think there's an element of silliness to it. And I think that's great. And I think, you know, there's some guys who are having a good time with this, Clint Boyer among them. But I think mostly this is a competition. This is serious. This is. In, in some ways, this is a business, um, and th- this isn't just you know just a f- Sunday afternoon you know fun and games with the guys. This is this is a race that these guys are serious about, and I think William Byron did a good job of kind of you know summarizing it, going, you know I'm I'm doing this, I- I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm thinking about this and racing and winning, and that's what it means to me. So I, I just don't think this is a uh, you know just kind of a shrug your shoulders and uh, no big deal thing. This is serious competition. Well, how can how can everybody get back to not so serious? Because I think that th- this was part of the charm of what was so enjoyable um, early on. Because you know, it's like, hey, this is we get to see the side of their personalities, and they're trying hard. But you know, if if they screw up, oh well. And and I think you know, Bubba Wallace is probably taking that that attitude today when he quits. You know, hey, it's literally a video game type thing to him. Um, even though you know, if you say that, it's like. 
you know, you're supposed to say sim racing and that's, you know, a bad word when you say it's a game, but you know, you hear Jimmy Johnson call it a game and other people, um, you know, and now, now you have all this and, and I'll add something else in too, that, you know, now that there's, there's betting odds for this. Now this was on DraftKings today. People are putting real money on DraftKings. I think I saw, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like in, in the $10 game that DraftKings had today, there was like 35,000 people, I think that uh, entered that. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. You DraftKings players, let me know. Um, and there was other games that, that DraftKings had as well that were that were being filled up um, of people wanting to put gambling action on this. So, you know, if my driver gets taken out by a caution that's not called or, you know, uh, if there's a glitch in the game or something like that, all of a sudden there's there's money involved on this from from the fans too. So, you know, I, I guess it's it's it really is one of those mo money, mo problems situations but I wish that there'd be a way to get back to the simplicity and fun of it. Um, you know, I, I, it's just, uh, I don't, I don't want it to be taken too seriously. And I think going a step further, Jordan, you know, like, um, if you watch like the, the IndyCar race again, uh, on Saturday, aside from like Connor Daly's stream, like they, they treat that race much more seriously. I feel like the, the broadcasters, mm -hmm. um, they play it more straightforward than they, you know, they don't have a Boyer on their broadcast. Right. No, um, they need willpower badly. They do. And so, you know, but I don't enjoy watching that broadcast as much because I like the fun part of it. So how can they get back to the fun part of it? Or are you saying that ship has sailed? No, I don't think it's it's sailed. I, I think it's. A, I think the fun is still there. I, I think today's broadcast. You know, you had Clint Boyer. He was entertaining as heck, and there are some guys that are entertaining. I think, but I think it's always been a mixture, um, and I think it's still a mixture. But in week one, this was a very serious competition. You had Denny Hamlin in his forty thousand dollar rig. Um, you know, it gives you every indication of how serious he was about this. You had guys leading up to that race spending insane amounts of time practicing. So I always feel like this competition was there. It's always been a blend for me between having fun and kind of being lighthearted and also being a competition. And I think maybe the competition side's come to the forefront a little bit because we, you know we, we saw what Timmy Hill and William Byron last week at Texas, and there was some you know was there going to be any fallout? And there was the, they actually had to communicate this week to see if they were going to be okay. And I don't. I, I think it's still there. I think you know, for whatever reason, Bubba Wallace. It, it was. I don't know if it's a bad day or just he's frustrated or you know, it's Bristol. You shrug your shoulders. And I was listening to some other drivers today, and they were kind of frustrated too. And I think it's just a short track. I mean, I know this is going to sound silly, but this is what Bristol does. It's a half mile short track. You get you get uh, crumpled fenders and, and frayed tempers, and, it, and these things happen there. So it's just this is what happens when you go to short tracks. So. Did Chase Elliott quit too? Because I was watching his stream and he wrecked and he's like, well, I think we might be done. I, I didn't know if he had already used, he must've already used one fast repair and he didn't want to wait. Or maybe he had already used both fast repairs or he just was, was he frustrated more politely quitting or something? I, you know, I can't say, I don't know one way or another. I saw that too. And I know some other guys were having some, you know, connectivity issues. Um, I don't know what happened to Eric Jones, or not Eric Jones, but I don't know what happened to Chase Elliott. So, you know, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, his. I was watching his, and he wrecked. He, he it was the one where he went airborne, and he's like, "Well, I think we might be done." And um, it was fairly early in the race. It was shortly after Bu the Bubba quit. Um, but I don't, I don't know if. I mean, they, they had two fast repairs each, so I don't know if Elliott was sort of like the same way, just saying, "All right, well." All right, bye, bye, guys. And you know, he he said he had a proper sign off, but he's like, um, basically, not in it anymore. So um, 
I don't know. It, it was just interesting to see how different guys were handling it, I guess. Obviously, there was a lot of frustration. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, Jordan, I, I haven't heard anything about um, next week. Uh, it's Easter weekend next week, so obviously the Cup schedule wouldn't be – you know, they're following along with the Cup schedule here. I don't think they've announced uh, whether they will do anything or not. Um you know, do you think there's a possibility that they will do a pro invitational series race, like maybe on Saturday? They probably wouldn't run it on Easter, but would they would they do something like that um, next week, or would, do you think they'll just skip? I mean, from my understanding, is they they were going to follow the Cup schedule, and there was going to be no deviation from that. It was going to you know where the Cup series was supposed to be at is where the, the, this league was going to race at. So I haven't heard anything about next week, and I, I wouldn't like you said I wouldn't think they'd be racing on Easter. I don't know if they'd want to race on Saturday. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if something comes together. I'd like to see them if they do this. Let's go to some unique track that maybe NASCAR hasn't been at before. Um, a road course would be interesting because there's no road course um, that would mirror the Cup schedule right now. So that would be an interesting, you know, way to go. So I would like to see that. I'd like to, you know, I think it'd be a great alternative and a different product. So we'll see what happens. Well, we're about to. I mean, either way, we're about to get find out potentially where the the tipping point is for or the uh, saturation point is for iRacing on TV because you know it's not just uh nascar uh cup that's on tv now you have indy cars uh, been on tv for uh a week mm-hmm. um you have um fox sports I'm putting the, the wednesday night um i uh world of outlaws race for i racing yep i'm um, on tv and i'm watching formula one right now is formula one on tv on ESP- also yeah and espn too really i see i didn't even know that so you have that um and now you're going to have this um, NBCSN uh, short track invitational thing where they're going to go three nights of like, I don't know, six to eight drivers or something like that at short tracks, Myrtle Beach and Rockingham, I think. Um, and then they're going to do like a, a championship, I believe, Thursday night. So there's pretty much going to be eye racing, virtual racing on like every night on TV, essentially. Um, you know, is 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 it too much of a good thing? Do you think people will keep watching? Is it is it going to be oversaturated? What happens here a month from now? Um, you know, because it'll still only be uh, May 5th. And as we reported this week, I don't know why it hasn't been confirmed yet, but Martinsville is not going to happen. Um, so, you know, a month from now, is this still, are we still talking about this? Or have, have people been like, all right, this is enough of this? That's a good question. And I've been wondering that too, is, is there too much of this or could there be a point where there's too much of it? And there's just, you know, and you you see other sports, you know, NBA, NFL are kind of getting into this now. And we saw some NBA 2K stuff this week and you're going to see more of that. I do wonder if there is a little bit of oversaturation of, wait a second, this is just too much because I don't know, novelty is the right word, but just kind of the, the, the curiosity about this is kind of gone. I'm entertained by it. I like what I see. I like seeing the interaction of these guys. I like watching on Twitch and seeing these, the drivers interact and how they're they're handling this. And to me, it's fascinating. And I really can't get enough of it. But I could see if you know, if for a casual fan or maybe a non-casual fan, like yeah, you know, this is a little too much. And I will say this. It is hard to keep up on what's going on. I mean, we know that there's league races every Sunday on the NASCAR side, but then you said there's the Coca-Cola Racing League. There's this new short track thing that NBC is putting together. There, there's the program on Fox Sports on, on Wednesdays. It's a lot, and you're always like wondering, what, what's going on? Do I need to watch this? I'm, I'm confused. So I can see why people would maybe be a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, and I mean, even for me, I, you know, I obviously am enjoying this and having something to look forward to is, is nice, but... 
I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want it to be like an obligation where it's like, all right, we got to watch this one now. You know, we got to watch this one now because everybody's talking about this or, you know, I, I want it to be um, fun and enjoyable. So going back to that, that fun aspect of it, um, I do hope that they, they keep it. Um, they just, I, I just would hope everybody tries to wait, find a way to keep it light, um, to keep it, to remember that this is a distraction. And, you know, I, I feel for like Steve Myers, um, the head of iRacing that we see on, on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's sort of urging people like, you know, he's, he's had some sort of like angst filled, uh, tweets this week where it's like oh i guess yeah i guess you can't please everybody or you know saying hey i hope everybody keeps in mind today that you know why why there there will be cautious this is for fun this is for entertainment but it seems to be sort of spiraling beyond his control or beyond iRacing's control into something so much bigger that i don't know if you can put the genie back in the bottle in terms of that fun thing that we keep talking about but i i just hope that whoever is is all coordinating on this drivers included keep keep that in mind that that's why you know, it needs to be a distraction. It needs to be fun. People are, are looking for something to feel good about right now. So that's, that's I think, the ultimate main main goal. Yeah, and you talk about Steve, and I've had some conversations with Steve, and, you know, he was involved in a story that I wrote a couple of weeks on that you can find on The Athletic about how this whole league came together. And, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot on his plate, and he's got, you know, a lot of irons on the fire between IndyCar and NASCAR and, you know, the World of All Us stuff, and then they're televising the races, and it's getting pulled in a lot of different directions. And, you know, and I look at what his, the feedback he's getting on social media and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of the sour apple in the bunches. Well, why isn't so-and-so invited to the league or why are you doing this and why are you doing that? And it's like, you know, let's all take a step back here. First of all, it's calm down. It's Twitter. Uh, you know, they're, they're, this is a really good thing they're doing. This is this this came together really quick. It's a great program, and they're still working out the kinks. And again, this is there's no money involved. There's no points. This is just supposed to be a fun exhibition, and it's okay if you know. I'm sorry that there's hurt feelings that so and so didn't get invited, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it shouldn't matter. And, and I do feel bad for Steve because he's getting dumped on a lot, and it's an unfair position to be in. I I you know maybe this is going too far with it, but it almost reminds me a little bit of. Steve O'Donnell, right? Because I think that, you know, generally NASCAR is always trying to do the right things for the fans. Now they make the wrong decision sometimes for sure. And they make missteps and they don't calculate things the right way. And people get mad and they say, why'd you do this rule or that rule or that decision? But ultimately their heart's in the right place. Right. And then you see all the people get so angry, you know, like with Steve O'Donnell on Twitter. And I, it's kind of been fun watching him, um, but, you know, have fun on Twitter now that the pressure's yeah. off him. But, you know, you can kind of see that with like the iRacing people. It's like people are starting to complain about this or this. And, and they're like, man, we just were trying to do something fun and give people uh, a distraction, entertainment. And now it's like people are dumping on it or people are complaining. And, and I I just feel for them because, you you know, you're, you're just trying to do something with the right intentions. And it's got to be tough. It, it's got to be tough. I just... You know, I, I hope that this race uh, this week at Bristol just can be um, everything that happened this weekend. And like you said, it wasn't terrible. There were some good parts of it, but it's just uh, I don't know that that it's it's going to be hard to uh, to keep it going with the freshness that they had the first first couple weeks. Um, if people keep sniping at it and and taking down what uh, what could be a good thing, so that's that's all. I I just. And for selfishly, Jordan, you know, I want us to have something fun to talk about and write about. And uh, I don't want this to get get blown up or something. So um, everybody 
I think should chill. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Twitter can be an interesting place sometimes, and I feel like sometimes the the loudest people are sometimes get the most attention. But I think mostly overall, I think people are excited by this. They like what they have, but there does seem to be kind of a an underbelly of just angst of of questioning. And it's like you know what? It's just it's okay. Just relax. It's, yeah, this is fun. There's nothing. There's nothing on the line but pride and just have fun. Well, except for our virtual. Uh, trophy that we still need to do i mean i still haven't seen anybody keep the points i need to i still need to reach out to people and make sure that there's not going to be an official points because i don't want to walk on anybody but timmy hill from what i see on twitter is still the uh points leader yeah. another top three finished, finish for him i was gonna say he hasn't right? finished worse than third so we will uh you know maybe this is the week where we need to get that the uh, virtual trophy funding going or something like that so um yes uh now jordan last week um you sir aced the was a good race poll i believe uh you exactly picked the correct percentage if i'm not mistaken um yes somebody i don't know if you saw this tweet if you were tagged in it somebody said uh jeff you should stop you should just stop trying to go against jordan and just let him say what the poll result will be because you are so (laughs) close then i try to go above or below you and you're you're like right on the number pretty much every time setting the tone so this one I think will be a little bit harder because I don't think there's going to be people who say that was a great race essentially. So what mm-hmm. do you think it's going to be this week, Jordan? I think I think it's going to be high, relatively speaking, but not anywhere near the level it's been. I'll say I have 75 in my head, but I think that's a little too high. So I'll split the difference. I'll say 73 percent. Okay, so I was going to say 65. Okay. So I think it's wow. going to be in the 60s. Yeah, I, I don't think people are going to be just just because there was so, it was too many cautions as we talked about and and uh, yeah, yeah. you know people are serious about their quality of racing here. They're going to be like, no, that wasn't a good race, even though they were they might have been entertained. So um, by the way, how did how did uh, just going back to thinking about how did Suarez get in the race today? Because it seemed like so NASCAR put out a revised entry list this morning. Uh, you know, yep. he, he had been parked last week and he was yep. dropped from the entry list. And, and it said, yep. uh, this is revised as of this morning. His name's no longer on there. Then uh, the race comes around. He's in the race and he gets into it. Larson gets parked again. Larson seemed much more at fault. Larson uh, um, seemed to be the instigator of, of ramming him during the caution and all that stuff. But how did he even do you know anything about it? How did he end up in the race? I, you know, I don't know. I've heard some things, but I don't know for sure. I think at the end of the day, this is supposed to be an exhibition. So, I mean, you can tell him, hey, you know what? What you did last week, we can't have that again. But if you're going to, you know, sit him out or something of that nature, you, you, yeah, that, that's probably going over the line. Because if this is the real world, Suarez wouldn't be missing a race. He would get called the hauler and be told, listen, you do that again. There's going to be some serious repercussions, but he's not going to be suspended or anything. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what went on. I've heard some, you know, whispers and everything, but... At the end of the day, I mean, you can't make the guy miss a race. And it's good. I mean, this is an exhibition. Again, let's go back to what we said. This is supposed to be fun. All right. Well, um, I enjoyed chatting with you again about this. And I assume that we will have a teardown next week. I mean, even if there's no uh, race. I'm around. Do you want to just, yeah, you just want to call and talk to me. I'm around. Well, yeah, on the tweet up today, you talked about how, how lonely I'm you so were. Poor. You said that I'm the first person that's ever video chatted with you. Uh, ever so yeah a couple weeks ago yeah that 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 really caught me off guard um so if you want to video chat jordan uh no <laughs> yeah just hit me up slide in my dms um i, I listen i live by myself 
I, so I'm like, I'm cooped up in my apartment all by myself all day. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. I really think you should do a video chat, a video chat, oh, uh, you know, where you have on your own Instagram, you know, like a midweek, uh, a midweek chat with your, with your followers. Uh, you just got to hold the phone up higher, change your angle a little bit, but, um, okay. Yeah. Other than that, I think, yeah, I think there'll be poor. people to talk to. We're all bored. So, I mean, I got, I got, I'm chasing around an 18 month old. So that's, that's, oh. I don't have as much time to yeah. video chat, but, um, anyway, well, uh, yeah. So this is a, this is a fun thing to talk about. We, we almost talked for 30 minutes about this once again. So we're doing good, Jordan. We're, we're, we're keeping the content coming up. We, you know, you broke a news story this week. I barely helped, but, uh, um, we are a team. We did it together. Uh, we, we have the schedule up on our website, the athletic here, uh, the proposed schedule that's going around, um, starting with the Coke 600. Don't know if that's really going to happen, but that's the plan right now. So we'll see if that does happen. Interesting to see how they NASCAR's creativity and, and trying to get, um, everything rescheduled. I mean, four Wednesday night races, two additional double headers. I really like the, uh, ingenuity and creativity that they've shown in trying to get it. I, I it might be wishful thinking, but it's still cool to see their thinking, you know? That's what I was going to ask you. We, we, we've obviously we, we wrote the story together and, but we haven't really broke it down and gave it any analysis. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, it's a lot, it's, you know, 32 races and I think over 25 weeks, but I give that, like you said, I give NASCAR credit. Like they did a really good thing here of getting, making this work. I think having Martinsville on a Wednesday makes sense. And there's a couple things here and there. You're like, Oh man, Talladega in July. Ooh, okay. But Again, their hands were kind of tied in a lot of respects. I, I think they did a pretty darn good job of figuring this out. And obviously, we don't know if this is going to come to fruition or not. But if the season does start on uh, Memorial Day weekend as NASCAR wants, this is a workable schedule. And I think it's it's viable and it keeps the playoffs intact and it doesn't mess with that too much. So I was I was encouraged by what I saw. Well, what's amazing about it is, like you said, with the playoffs intact, except intact, except for um, Vegas having to move Texas, off uh, yep. EDC, and and you know somebody pointed out too, in their swap with Texas, Texas then gets off F one weekend too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, they both really benefit, and obviously they're both um, Speedway Motorsports company or tracks. So um, that you know, but aside from that, they're not running doubleheaders in the playoffs. They're not having to condense the playoff schedules, things like that. So that's, what's really amazing is they complete the entire regular season on Mm -hmm. schedule, um, and end the, end the season if they, and, and again, this may not happen, but just the fact that they could put together a schedule like that, where you could have those goals, I think is pretty impressive. And and I don't really care. I mean, yeah, people are going to be like, Oh, you know, Talladega in July or, or Bristol races very close together, but who, who cares because again, you're, you're getting the races in. That's what really counts. Exactly. And it's, again, it's not perfect, but again, you, it can't be perfect. I mean, there's just so many different circumstances that you have to, to work around and a lot of hurdles you have to clear. And I think all things considered NASCAR did a damn good job of, of making this happen. And I give them kudos for that. I mean, it's easy to criticize them and, and people do, but I think they do They did a darn good job of, of putting this together. Cause it's not easy. Well, I, I'll go a step further. I will say, If, you know, and obviously a lot depends on how soon the country can get restarted after the virus and all that stuff. And, uh, but if NASCAR is able to run all 36 points races in the year 2020, uh, with, with whatever schedule or whatever means is, is necessary to make that happen. If they can do that, I think it would be one of the greatest achievements in NASCAR history, um, to, to make that happen because it, it seems quite daunting. So 
kudos to them for even um, having a plan right now. Uh, it, it's I'm I'm very impressed. So that's that's all I've say about that. I am too, and I think they have a little bit of wiggle room too. I mean, if they if this if they don't start the season when they want with the Coca Cola Six Hundred, we need to keep in mind that Phoenix can be pushed back. It's in a warm weather climate, so you could easily push that back into December if you need to. So they have a little bit of wiggle room in case the season doesn't start on Memorial Day as they're intending. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just again, kudos to them. Yep. No, I hear you. All right, everybody. Well, um, thanks again for joining us on the Teardown. We appreciate you. And we appreciate, especially those of you who are subscribers to The Athletic. Um, you know, it's it's pretty uh, remarkable, Jordan. We we uh, had a, a company conference call this week, and they were telling us um, how loyal the subscribers have still been through this whole thing. So that's really encouraging to us that you guys mm-hmm. are still uh, consuming what we're writing. Yes, and we, we just really appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing that, sticking with us. And, uh, you know, we're trying our best to keep the content interesting with, with no sports. And, uh, it seems like people, um, so far responding to that. So yeah, we just really want to say thank you, uh, to all you subscribers and all the new subscribers that we got, uh, this week also from the schedule story and stuff like that. So truly appreciate you guys. And, uh, thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next time on the teardown.